Grand Canyon, where hidden forces shape our ideas, beliefs, and experiences. And experiences. Join us as we uncover the stories between the canyon's colorful walls. Probe the depths and add your voice. Add your voice for what happens, what happens next. next at Grand Canyon. At Grand Canyon. Okay. This is Jesse. Right? This is Emily. And this is and this. this is behind the scenery. Kissy. Hello, I'm Ranger Dave. And also on this episode is former Ranger Lauren, who now volunteers for the park and works at the Grand Canyon Conservancy, which is the nonprofit that supports Grand Canyon National Park. The Conservancy sponsors many programs. One of them is the Ancestral Lands Conservation Corps. We interviewed this group from Zuni, New Mexico, Crew 663. This indigenous group works on conservation projects. They call each project a hitch. This lasts eight days on and six days off. Each hitch is a different park and a different job. We caught them on their last day of work at the North Rim. Here's what they shared with us. My name is uh, Robert Riley. I'm the crew leader for 663. Jared Keese, Liu King Jr. I'm a crew member for Crew 663. Tyrese Martza, I'm also a crew member for Crew 663. Hello, my name is Darian Siatua, and I'm also a crew member with 663 out of Zuni, New Mexico. Hello, my name is Brooke Siatua. I am from Crew 663 and from Zuni, New Mexico. Great. Are you all from Zuni, New Mexico? Yes. 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 Excellent. <laughs> <laughs> Let's make sure. Great. Let's talk about Ancestral Lands Conservation Corps and just a little bit of background for those who might not know. We're basically a crew that's sent out to do uh, preservation projects, whether that be uh, uh, mortar work, trail work, sea collection as well. It's a variety of different um, works that a crew is assigned to, additional na different national parks. Okay. Yeah. What? So you're at Grand Canyon National Park on the North Rim. Have you been on the South Rim as well? Or? Just for visitation, not, okay. not, not for working. Are there any other national parks you'll be going to? Yeah, there there will be plenty, but I'm not sure what our schedule is lined up right now. But okay. Yeah, we're definitely going to be going to different national parks. Great. Um, and then also, like on the North Rim, you're finishing up a project here, working with Laura uh, with some seed collection. Can you talk about what you were doing there? Uh, yeah, so we were uh, collecting seeds for a uh, construction job that's happening. They're going to be uh, working on the road, and uh, after the road is done, they want to revegetate the area that... Uh, has been uh, worked on basically. Okay. Yeah. Very cool. Very cool. What's <clears throat> the biggest impact of your work so far that you've seen personally? Or maybe a favorite moment that you've had so far while working for Ancestral Lands? Well, mm. for me, I have to say the mental mentality of everybody in the crew. Because I think that's one of the main important things, especially if you're going to be on Hitch. They're, they're your next family. They're going to be the people you're going to be living with for eight days. So. The way I think of it is when I see everybody's mentality, mentality high-spirited and ready to do the work, get get the job done, I see that uh, we can accomplish it. Even if one of our crewmen isn't feeling so up in spirits, we could still like lift their spirits up throughout the day just by being together as a family and just being one with the program also. So uh, just getting the job done beginning of the day and finishing at the end is very accomplishing. I think for myself, the fa most favorite project that I've ever did was 
the first ever local project that we did in Zuni, which was Trailhead Science with our partnering project, Zuni Youth Enrichment Program, or project. That was a really great project because we could actually contribute something to our community that has hasn't been seen and we kind of paved the way to potentially more projects locally we have a lot of land resources that we can help better our community and I think just that little nudge in the right direction was a good start to kind of better our community and also being out here at the Grand Canyon this is where we as Zunis first emerge being able to work where our first home is is really what I feel is in the interest of ancestral lands is in itself. So those are a few great moments that I had working with this program and hopefully more will come. <laughs> yeah, my favorite moment with the ancestral lands was probably last season during when we got the hitch to go out and help with the Access Fund in Utah with Canyonlands. Growing up, I always used to like watch rock climbers, and I actually got to work with them, work right beside them, build their trails, and that was one of the favorite moments I had. I guess for myself, I think uh, the biggest impact I, I've seen is uh, the people that come into the program. Uh, usually, um, during the first weeks, like people are, you know, they're really shy, and like, they haven't like really uh, come out of their shell, but like throughout the whole program, uh, you know, everybody, you know, the, it's like uh, Brooke said, it's a family for eight days. You live together, you eat together, work together, sweat together, <laughs> all that. <laughs> Do all the hard work together. And um, at the end of the day, um, and at the end of the, uh, the whole season, you can see that everybody really uh, blossoms out and comes out of their shell. And that's what I think uh, I like about the program is that that's the biggest impact because that that was for me myself. I was really shy. I was introverted, but you know, it's, this is my uh, third year now, so like I'm <laughs> I'm not afraid to like uh, express myself and stuff like that. So yeah, that was pretty much. And also the people you meet too in the program. It's it's really cool meeting uh, like new family members. Yeah. Let's see. The, the biggest impact the, this has like has for me is like. Like the physical, like pushing yourself, like trying to like get your trying to go beyond like what you can normally do, just like that mental and physical like pushing you pushing yourself and like just trying to be sure to get the job done and all that and pushing yourself throughout the like the hot weather and sweating and all that and and also like meeting new people as well too like this is my first season so meeting them is pretty has been a pretty fun time and especially with Rob the leader now too it's. Pretty fun. Did you all know each other before this program? Mm, I kind of knew Jarek. He was my classmate in high school, okay. but we never really like crossed paths yeah. in high school. <laughs> no, not for me. I'm, I'm, I'm older than these guys. <laughs> and this is my cousin. I've known Brooke my whole life. <laughs> we grew up together. Yeah, practically sister and brother. Basically. Yeah. Nice. You should hear them at work. <laughs> yeah. 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 <laughs> Going back again, back right. and forth. <laughs> well, speaking it, of that, what's the funniest moment you've had oh. while working for Ancestral Lands? Um, <laughs> well, how many with this, to yeah, with this crew, well, with basically <laughs> any crew in Ancestral Lands, like I said, we are family, and 
a family just builds that bond, that one specific connection that everybody can just laugh throughout the whole day, no matter what it is. And that is basically what we are as a crew. Um, no matter how small it is, no matter how silly it may be, even if uh, even if it's like a mistake or uh, a mishap, we still laugh about it. We still like not to us, nothing is a mistake when it comes to being on hitch. We either make a mistake and we learn from it, and when we learn from it, we just continue to move forward. So with that being said, we just um, this crew doesn't really have a specific favorite moment. Every any second is a favorite moment. <laughs> anything can happen with this crew. Anyone can say anything, and everybody will just laugh. <laughs> so that's one thing with us. While we're even while we're working, we're never really quiet. We're always talking. We're always uh, communicating with each other, keeping making sure everybody's all right. Everybody's hydrated. Uh, everybody's like in, yeah, in high spirits. So uh, with that, yeah, that being said, it's never really a dull moment ever in, with this crew. <laughs> Any other crew? Yeah. Any other crew? <laughs> that being said. Very cool. Yeah. I was kind of curious about being away from home. You know, you guys are away for eight days or, or maybe more if you're doing multiple of these. Like, what's that like? What's it like to kind of to get away and, and to kind of explore these other parks? You know, positive, negative. But, yeah, just curious. For me personally, but me being this is my first year as a crewman and my fourth hitch, uh, my first hitch was very, very difficult. I grew up, I'm a very tight, we have a very tight-knit family, and I've always been around my dad 24-7, never been able to leave his side. But when this job came up and the opportunity of being able to leave home for eight days and visit new areas, not just one specifically, but just different around uh, New Mexico, Arizona, or Utah, it was a scary experience at first. But once I got to know everybody, it became more easier. But it... it you uh, get homesick in the beginning, I won't lie. But eventually it just starts easing up and you just forget about home, not in a bad way, but just like in a, you know, home's home, it'll always be there. But this is, being out on the field is a special opportunity. It's a once in a lifetime. Uh, live it, learn it, love it, uh, you know, so. Definitely there are those hard times that you come across where you get anything and everything from the heat to the extreme cold, but so as long as you have a good bond with your crew members, it makes the time pass. I see this being away for eight days is both good and bad, meaning that you miss out on some family occasions, you miss out on maybe a concert that you wanted to go to, but at the same time, it also could be an escape for somebody too from a rough home life. And a lot of people back home are facing that dilemma that there is, unfortunately, housing isn't really stable, so this could be an outlet for maybe somebody to get away, and it is therapy, walking out in the trails, doing hard work, getting rewarded with food at the end of each day, <laughs> even just going to bed, tired. It is a really rewarding job being away for eight days. It, of course, it's a sacrifice, but... Again, we get opportunities like right now, being able to talk to you two and being able to meet Laura, Dan, anybody from the National Park Services. It's a real privilege and honor to be in this position. And if you can get through with that mentality, then eight days is practically nothing. Yeah. The cruise and uh, just the uh, scenery, the whole, every everything about uh, the program, you know, it just kind of helps it 
eases you into the transition of uh, being away from home basically so um yeah and then also the crew members just uh make make the day it feels it just it doesn't really feel like you're uh, away from home because you still have like yeah. uh people from zuni to interact with you so yeah we we uh we still talk in a uh, language too as well so like it it, it keeps me it, it still feels like i'm home where we are from zuni new mexico it is a very uh, not very a very good opportunity place uh, for us youth we have to really reach out for good opportunities especially like this kind our community is a very small close-knit reservation so because it's a reservation we're not handed opportunities so easily like many people out here we ourselves as youth have to make that step for ourselves forward to push ourselves to have the courage to go for these opportunities right when they're hand, not handed but right when they're out there so when this these positions came open applications came in quick for this the, these positions so it's it's like a very i don't know our youth back home are very <laughs> in like a i can't say a harsh state but like in a very difficult state right now especially since I used to work with a program called Zuni Youth Enrichment Program. I work with the kids firsthand, and I've been doing that for five years, and I've noticed that our our, kid, our children back home are, yeah, they come from rough homes. Many of them come from rough homes. Some of them don't have water. Some of them don't have electricity. Some of them don't even, like, have um, as much money as they can to last a month. So us young ones are... We also have so many elderly, and our elderly there don't can't be able to do things that they want to do. So us being our, the us youth, we have to also provide not just for our younger ones, but for our older elderly there. And it is very difficult because it kind of puts a stress on us being away from home, uh, especially knowing that we this is our only income maybe for that specific family, and uh, just knowing that it. Uh, it is also hard being away from home. Um, yeah, these opportunities are very hard to come by. So it's kind of up to the person in the community to make that step forward to do what they need to do to also just get out of the reservation, uh, to make a life for ourselves out there in the world, and to also just come back home and teach everyone back there and make uh, sure that not just to uh, make ourselves feel good, but to make our community members prosper and to grow better and to become more educated, um, not uh, just in the forest area, but also just like in uh, business-wise, just for any of us to get out there. But yeah, just knowing that it's like a very small area, it's, you don't really hear Zunis going out there making names for themselves. So it is very nice for us to be out here making, representing where we're coming from. What motivates all of you? That's what I'd love to hear. And what do you think it takes to motivate others as well, in Zuni as well? I think what motivates me is just our heritage, our culture, our traditional teachings, that we got to be caretakers of the land. And I think personally would be my grandfather. His name is Alex Siantiwa. He instilled in us very humble teachings. He taught us a lot 
and with that I someday wish to not necessarily be like him but inspire people to I guess make themselves change and see life in a different perspective because one quote that he always said is life is a gift and it's short make the best of it that's not the last part isn't part of his quote that's something that came up on the spot with but it's definitely his teachings and his way of life that motivate me to be the best person I can even though it's a difficult time even though I sometimes don't want to wake up and in the morning <laughs> but it's that's definitely the teachings that also motivate me to do better just in life in general so. what motivates me is I don't know I just have this um, ambition that I feel like I, I need to do something you know and, uh, and I'm just lucky to have the opportunity to be in ALCC because not only did like gave me something to do but like the sites that we visit and the the places that relate to Zuni it just made me feel more spiritually connected more into my uh, culture as well you know it I don't know it just it just brought something out so like uh, I feel really lucky to be working at the sites to be visiting those sites and to be working on them and also preserving them to make sure that they're still here for the younger generation as well because I feel like they they really need to see these things too as well to keep to maybe spark to maybe get that spark like the way I did to keep that uh, uh, to keep that going now I'm, I'm wondering like what do we hope that this internship and this time spent here is leading us towards so maybe like what career path what what bigger ideas what else are we thinking about um, I'm hoping it'll lead to um, uh, I guess more opportunities with the park for different crews as well uh, whether it be uh, just like uh, like like what we were doing with sea collecting maybe there might be trail work or just any other work that um, hopefully there will be more opportunities to come work here at the North Rim and the South Rim as well and uh, also um, I guess just to inspire the youth that there's opportunities out there for to come out here maybe you know find something that they like and you know it, it could also lead to a career path with you know National Park you know I think for the for Ancestral Lands Conservation Corps going off of what Robert said is it paves way for new opportunities for our youth that they can come out here, explore the world that they live in, go beyond the horizons of what they feel comfortable traveling to, and just really getting out there, getting their names out there. And on the on the personal career goal path that I would like to share is, I would definitely love to someday come back to Grand Canyon. Someday wish to be a National Park Law Enforcement Ranger here at Grand Canyon National Park. And hopefully, who knows, that might actually go into different national parks. But for now, I'm kind of just gaining the experience, gaining the knowledge of how it's like to talk to people, uh, quick decisions, making stuff that you need, the law enforcement aspect, and also just really finding the core values of what it means to protect and preserve this national monument, national park. For me, I... For me, ancestral lands is a very amazing pathway and also it is a stepping stone for me personally to go into um, 
the BIA that is my main goal I want to go into because what motivates me is not just like it, this is an everyday thing I like to motivate myself by pushing myself the way a guy would push himself uh, I like to do things if a guy says I can't do it I will motivate myself to do it like I I like to prove myself not just to anyone but to myself that I can do anything I want to do if I push myself to it so and I know the BIA is a also a male dominated industry so knowing that it just makes me want to think or want to push myself even more to get into that field because growing up I've always heard just by people in school that oh you won't do it because you know you're a girl you can't do it Uh, you won't be out there you'll just stay home and cook and clean and be a housewife but for me I don't want to do that I want to push myself I want to um, get muscle I want to you know (laughs) just be out there as one of the dudes and the crew but um other than that, that's my main motivation to push myself as hard as I can. Not even till, even after I break, I would still push myself. When I'm all sweaty, when the day's hot, I'm hit or I'm working, and I feel like I'm gonna give up, I'd be like, no, just keep going. So um, we have this saying. It's called "domste." It's just do it. It's our Zuni saying in our language. Do it. Just do it. No matter if it's hard, no matter if it's going up a hill or carrying things in our tools or just uh, anything, just do it, go for it. Yeah, love it. <laughs> I'm not really sure what pathways this will, like, you know, open up for me in general because I'm still, like, really not, like, really, how do you say it? Not really smart about, like, what like, what kind of pathway this will open. So whatever happens, I just hope that it will be, like, a positive impact in my life. So... I'm just in it to see what, what I, how far I can go with this program and all that. I think a lot of people don't have an awareness or understanding as to what Ancestral Lands Conservation Corps does. Also, like you mentioned, a lot of people don't understand what Zuni New Mexico looks like um, and the culture as well and the connection to Grand Canyon. Obviously, that's a very huge impact as well. So maybe if you know one of you or some of you or all of you want to talk about um, the um, some of the things that you wish that the public people that you might talk to while you're doing your hitches, your tours, um, you wish that they knew about either Zuni or um, mm. about ancestral lands? Well, I would like to start off by saying um, the Grand Canyon is our very most sacred places on this earth. This is where us Zuni from New Mexico have emerged, uh, arise from the earth, uh, a place called Ribbon Falls. And from Ribbon Falls, um, we've migrated from there, trying to find the middle place. We've traveled throughout this whole canyon, stopped anywhere, lost a couple people, uh, gained a couple new people, babies. But through that migration, it was a very, very difficult journey for us mentally, just going through the desert, just trying to get to where we are. And it's a six hour drive from Zuni, New Mexico to here. So to imagine just a six hour drive, imagine that in days from the Grand Canyon to New Mexico, to Zuni reservation to where our homeland is now. It's, uh, I just want the people that visit the Grand Canyon to visit it knowing that 
a Native American tribe has this is like this is Zuni New Mexico's home like you know this is our home uh, so being here on Hitch it just wasn't it this isn't just a job for us this is more like we're repairing our house we're repairing where we came from we're walking the same forest that our ancestors have walked and knowing that it just makes us push even harder to preserve what we're doing here even if it's seed collecting, you know, it's Native American plants, like these plants belong around here. So knowing that it's nice to know that we're like moving plants around and make, helping them grow and stuff like that. So I think if it's one thing that I want people to know about Zuni is that despite through all that pain and suffering that our ancestors went through to get to the middle place, what we call Halona, Halona Itiwana, we were very resilient and we we'll, will still continue to be resilient even through different hardships. For example, COVID. At first it was scary, but knowing that we were a resilient people and we've been, we've been pushed to the test for many centuries that we'll still be here, we'll still continue to be here will be here to protect our homeland like what Brooke said this place is very sacred to not only us but other other tribes as well you have to have a Supai, Supai, Hopi, um, the Puebloans in the central New Mexican um, area and I've heard different iterations of the migration journey and a lot of people get that part confused and I would not call it a migration story because a story is something that can be told that is almost along the lines of myth. But we know for a fact that we did emerge here, so we call it a migration journey because we have evidence to suggest that we did, in fact, come from the earth, deep within the earth, like what Brooks said from Ribbon Falls. So with that being in mind, I would really like people to know that Zuni, we are resilient. Same thing with any Native American tribe. We are resilient. We will continue to be. We will continue to strive for our people, our children, our elders, for better opportunities and better ways to better their lives as well. I also wanted to point out there that it isn't just us ancestral lands that come out here to the Grand Canyon. We have very important leaders back home that make the journey to come out here to the Grand Canyon to make the the uh, the journey of a, I can say, a five-day journey going down the river through the Grand Canyon to Ribbon Falls just to, not just to go and visit, but to pray. Like, they, our leaders just come from Zuni all the way to the Grand Canyon to pray for us, to give us blessings, to bring blessings from here home because this is where we came out from. This is the most powerful place that I could honestly think of. And even though we have our religious stuff and everything back home, this is where it all started. This is where everything began. And knowing that important people from our community still come. I can say that because my father is one of those people that come out and make that journey down here to Ribbon Falls and to make the offerings from Zuni, New Mexico to here. 
and to take it back home with us, not just for our community, but, but for everyone in the world. Uh, they hold the world in their hands. And that being said, it's just not, Zunis aren't selfish like that. We just don't pray for ourselves. We just don't say or do things for ourselves. We pray for the world to be better. We pray for peace. We pray for water. We pray for uh, the earth. We pray for the ground. We call the earth a her because she's our mom. She's carrying us. She's carrying everything on her back right now. And that being said, when they come and do their prayers here, they pray specifically for her, especially since we came from her, that to be strong, to keep going, keep going for many, many hundreds of years, not just for us, but for our generations to come, uh, for everyone around the world. It is a very, very important journey to come out here especially for my father and our, our uncle, Octavius Siatila, he comes out here also. So they, uh, it is a very important um, journey that when they do come out here, especially to that area. Yeah, I think they said it best. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think they covered it all. Jeez. Consider a career in public speaking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> wow. Got yeah, we, I got chills. We talk a little bit about, like, especially in, in my department, we talk in interpretation. And so we do talk about some of these, the stories of the journeys. And I know for many, many years, the park did not welcome the tribe in. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But I know it's it's been quite a change. Yeah. And I, I just don't know if that, if you've seen an impact from that side of, of things getting mm-hmm. better, or are they still the same? Like, we, you know. Uh, for me, I can say it has worked for the better because our people were not like you said quite allowed to come here due to just it being a national park public lands we as our our community we kind of did not want people to visit ribbon falls because that is our very sacred place that we kind of wanted for us but we also thought this isn't just for us it's just it's for the world to see it's for you like people from around the world to come and visit and knowing that um i i know that because i work i can't say i work with my father but when he comes home from his trips from here on his journey he does talk about uh, ribbon falls the grand canyon in an awesome way like um the way he talks about it, the way he finds new stuff down there every time when he goes and they just don't um they just don't come out here to see it or just to pray. They also take new things back, like they take knowledge back that they find at, at Ribbon Falls or that they discover. Uh, they usually keep that to themselves, but um, other than that, when they find new things, it it helps our community, but also helps expand our horizon and our knowledge of, all right, okay, so this is where we came from, where else did we go? Like it. The stories written on the walls in the Grand Canyon near Ribbon Falls, it it tells so many different stories. Um, some specifically about our journey, but for our journey, parts of our people, we broke off down that journey. So there could be another uh, community of us Zunis calling themselves different things, but they're, they're still our people. They're still part of us, just somewhere else around, like, in this world or um, 
what they said is down south or down to the Mexico area. So um, that being said, just and the, the the knowledge of the like the plants, it also expands them in the their Z-Cret stuff because they Z-Cret for them they're mainly mainly targeting. Uh, Zuni ancestral sites that are connected to us through our, uh, through our stones, through our flowers, through our, the spiral signature. Uh, that's one of our uh, signatures of ours that we know that that is our, our stuff, that that is where we came through. So every time we see a spiral, that mm. tells us that's our people. I think she's the best thing. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking that too. Yeah. Yeah. I was like, what can I add, what can I add? <laughs> Oh, I also like to say that um, usually the writings are the petroglyphs that we see. They 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 they, use, they like to call it stories, but um, I was recently on a trip with uh, Octavius. We were at um we were at this place called uh, Horseshoe Mesa and uh, Cracking the Rock, located in Wupaki National Monument. And what he was telling us is that uh, they like to say that it's it's stories, but he he says that he likes to call it history because it's been written in the stone and left there for future generations to see so more or less it's it's not stories it's it's our history that's been written on the walls and for us to interpret ourselves take it for what you will basically yeah i think if i were to add one thing is for an individual I am very grateful that we are able to access these lands in a way that helps us benefit our community because being away from or getting no access at all is heartbreaking, especially if you know that you do come from the land, that your ancestors made this way just to, just to, I guess, have other somebody else say, you can't go there, you can't go back there, you can't study who you are as people. But with new management, new changes, everything coming along, it's been very beneficial to our Zuni community because we are able to have a say in what um, these public lands are used for or we have a say in different areas, not only just the Zuni tribe, but different tribes, Hopi, Havasu, and all the local surrounding tribes, they finally have a say in what, what you can and can't do. and they're able to put together their own history as well, their own connections to the Grand Canyon. And with that, I am super thankful and from the bottom of my heart that we are able to access these lands that we were born from. (laughs) 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 Yeah, Uh, I mean, any other closing thoughts you guys want to say or? Thank you guys for talking to us. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah, <laughs> I didn't yeah. do anything but press the button. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Another one other unique thing Please. about Sunni community is that we don't write our history down. We don't write things in books. We don't record things on the phone. We don't even write how our language is supposed to be. We don't write how it's supposed to be spelled. But for us, our language is mainly through mouth. It's a it's a hearing, learning uh, community. Uh, we're not really the type to, like, all right, well, write it down. Here, you learn it. 
uh, now we're just like the type to learn by voice, learn by our ears. If we say uh, one of our language words wrong, we won't write it down to get corrected. We help the other person out on how to say it right or how to say it the correct form. Because with our language, there's certain ways you can say things like in a sentence. But with our language, it's kind of like we're saying our sentence backwards, you know? Like, if you're trying to say sentence forwards for us in our language, it's kind of like saying it backwards. But it makes sense to us because we grew up around it. Even at a young age, you, growing up, just hearing our elderly talk to each other, talk to us in Zuni, which is what we call Shiwitma. Uh, we just grew up with it. It's instilled in our blood. Um, and yeah, it's just something that we gained growing up. Closing remarks, Elakwa. Thank you Elakwa. for the time you took to conduct this out of your busy days. Yeah, thank you. Elakwa. Thank you. Elakwa. Elakwa. Thank you. Thanks. Elakwa. Elakwa. We gratefully acknowledge the native peoples on whose ancestral homelands we gather, as well as the diverse and vibrant native communities who make their homes here today. Elakwa. Elakwa. Elakwa.